It's raining in Bergen. It usually is. But the bleak weather makes for a fertile literary scene. Beneath the overcast skies, creativity is flourishing. Many leave the city and move away. Many don't manage to live in Bergen for long. The prison-like rain, the damp confinement between the hills makes you sick and weary of life. You're forced to live behind closed doors, alone or in small families. Thomas Espadal writes about everyday, ordinary experiences and about Bergen, his home city. The music scene is very good. The literature scene is very good because of this, this feeling of, of despair and being enclosed in between seven mountains. And I, I, like, I really like the people uh, uh, and the mentality. I like the language, the way they speak, very, very cruel and harsh and very, very, very annoying and very insulting, very arrogant. I, I, I love that. But there's another mentality he doesn't like. For centuries, Bergen was a busy port and trade brought affluence to the city. There's still a lot of old money in Bergen and Espadal says these families are narrow-minded, conservative and obsessed with their wealth. It's a handsome city with all these old traders, all these old families, and then you are supposed to take over the firm, and you are supposed to, and then you have this homosexual son or this artistic daughter, and, and, and that destroys everything. I like that. Anyone who can afford it lives in the hills, away from the picturesque historic city centre. A UNESCO World Heritage Site, it's now a popular tourist attraction and usually teeming with visitors, many of whom arrive on huge cruise ships. The city changed a lot, the shops changed into stupidity. That's the biggest problem in Bergen, stupidity. What was that he said about Bergeners being insulting? Anyway, there's also another Bergen, a city that's proud of its arts and culture, such as the National Stage Theatre, where Henrik Ibsen was writer-in-residence and art director. The Coda Art Museum's currently hosting an exhibition of work by Edvard Munch, the university and its libraries. A literature house complete with an impressive bookstore. And of course, it's Writing Academy, where young authors from across the country come to hone their craft. World-famous writer Karl Uwe Knoskob was one of the school's first students in 1988. And Thomas Espadal was his teacher. Suddenly you have this situation where there are really good writers living here at the same moment as, as you. So we were challenged in each other. What can we do? And we were challenged, what can we do radically? And, and, and I want to do something radical with literature. And, and, and said, yeah, I will do it even more radical. And, and, and it was a sort of competition. It gave rise to a highly autobiographical and subjective style that's deeply personal, steeped in anxiety and self-doubt and minutely detailed, and completely ignores the privacy of others. We are the last communist socialist uh, uh, country in, 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 in the northern Europe. This was the Swedish prime minister who said, and it's true because there is a, still a social democratic uh, collective way of, of thinking. So you are supposed to take care of your neighbor and to be a part of the collective. You shouldn't say I 
So there was no I in, in, in literature, except for Hampson, and he's the great exception of, of everything. And we discovered that. And, and, and if you say I, they will say, who do he or she think he or she is? Who do you think you are? A free man who speaks his mind, Thomas Espadal, would no doubt answer. These days, Knausgaard lives in Sweden, but the Café Opera, where he used to meet up with other budding writers, is still a fashionable hangout. Poet Henning Begsvog organizes regular readings here. Tonight, he's presenting an anthology of work by 12 local poets. We have to do something. I mean, it rains all the time. Uh, there's 300 days of rain a year. So you have to do something. We have to. We have to uh, sort of. Uh, that's that's our solution, I guess, towards depression and uh, and uh, going crazy. We 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 have to be creative to to survive. To survive in a country whose people have a pretty good standard of living, thanks to the oil that's been flowing from Norway's offshore oil fields for almost 50 years. Even future generations will benefit due to wise government investment of the profits. Yet many Norwegians are in two minds about the exploitation of oil reserves. We know that we live from this fossil uh, fuel, which is bad for the whole globe. And this, our, 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 my, my child is living from this, uh, growing up. Uh, surviving on this money. I think a lot of writers and artists deal with this problem. If they get state funding, they know that the state funding is oil money. So are they gonna, how, how are they gonna react to that? Literature doesn't necessarily have the answer. We all know that the good times are over, says Thomas Espadal. His advice? Enjoy life while you can. You have to enjoy it. If not, you're stupid. I mean, but writers, it's not our, our job to take part in this um, celebration. 